against the individual mandate yeah. during the campaign. Under this mandate, the government is forcing people to spend money, fining you if you don't. How is that not a tax? Well, hold on a second, George. Here's what's happening. You and I are both paying 900 bucks uh, on average, our families, in higher premiums because of uncompensated care. Now, what I've said is that if you can't afford health insurance, you certainly shouldn't be punished for that. That's just piling on. If, on the other hand, we're given tax credits, we've set up an exchange, you are now part of a big pool, we've driven down the costs, we've done everything we can, and you actually can afford health insurance, but you've just decided, you know what, I want to take my chances. And then you get hit by a bus, and you and I have to pay for the emergency that room That may care. be, but it's still that's, a tax increase. That, that, no, no that, that, that's not true, George. The, for us to say that you've got to take a responsibility to get health insurance is absolutely not a tax increase. What it's saying is, is that we're not going to have other people carrying your burdens for you. Any more than the fact that right now everybody in America just about has to get auto insurance. Nobody considers that a tax increase. People say to themselves, that is a fair way to make sure that if you hit my car, that I'm not covering all the costs. Right back here at ApologiaRadio.com at this girl in the studio today, Joy Timby. What's up, Joy? Not a whole lot. Quiet today, but I I, I apologize for that. I wanted to squeeze out as much theological juice out of Douglas Wilson as I possibly could. Out of his beard. Understandably Just to make sure we can get every minute of that on there. So, Luke, what's up, my man? Was Was that Stephanopoulos? interviewing him uh i don't even who's stephanopoulos he used to be uh he's on one of the news things shows now he used to be clinton's aide oh really stephanopoulos yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure if that's him calling him out on that i'm really intrigued by that yeah i don't know i don't know it's just uh interesting just that for me as a believer as a pastor i'm just thinking through like what i I like what douglas wilson said he just put it so simply obviously it's not a bible verse but i'm sure we can extrapolate from a lot of bible verses this stupidity doesn't work mm-hmm. so it's it it, it doesn't work mm-hmm. it isn't working it's not even fully implemented yet and it's already uh causing people to crash and burn businesses to yeah. basically just uh, essentially uh destroy themselves yeah. uh because they can't hire workers for more than 30 hours without yeah. buying their health insurance they cut everyone hours down that means that you have people now that had full-time jobs that now have part-time jobs and now they have to get two part-time jobs to support a family which makes getting uh Taking care of their family, getting food on the table makes it just twice as hard. Yeah. Also, now it means more time away from families. What kind of impact will that have now on families? Yeah. That now you have parents now having to work two separate part-time jobs. What kind of impact is going to have on them spending time with one another and with their kids? You see, this has like implications or ramifications that go across the board. It's mm-hmm. injustice, ultimately. And mm-hmm. then you think about the fact that it was sort of put through as not a tax. And then it comes back, actually, it is a tax. Yeah. And then I love what we did at the beginning of the show, Pelosi going, like, look, that's just Washington talk. Yeah. Look, just calm down. It's all about the kids. It's you need to bring just the kids about in the again. kids. Let's yeah. bring the kids in every single time. Look, there's a way, we could do a show on this, there's a way to do change and transformation by way of medical care and everything in a righteous and godly way. There truly, yeah, truly is. It is not going to be the answer when we say, um, well, let's just steal money from people. Yeah. Let's make them pay for something they didn't ask us for, and we'll make it legal by signing it into law. Uh, and I like what Douglas Wilson said. What happens when I resist this and say, look, I don't want my money to go into a, a fund that's going to even pay for abortion, uh, Plan B pills, you know. Yeah, babies. exactly. I don't, maybe I don't want to feed into that system. Yeah. I don't want my dollars to feed into that program. Um, that, what's the IRS come to my door and say, well, 
it wasn't a tax, but we're going to arrest you for, uh, you know, evading your taxes. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, uh, it, 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 it's just insanity. It's lies. It's fraudulent. And that's a Christian issue. Yeah. Okay. Notice I'm not talking about Ted Cruz, my hero. Honestly, yeah. I was a little miffed by the fact that there's not quite enough talk about the moral issue. Right. Okay. Now, I, I, I grant and I love and champion the idea of anybody. What, I don't care what's behind their name. R.D. or I or Ph.D. Or P-H-A-T. I don't care what P-H-A... Fat. I'm Jeff Durbin. I'm Professor of Fat. P-H... Sorry. I don't care who it is. I want to hear the person... I want to hear the person coming at this from the angle of not just the social impact of, like, it's destroying businesses, destroying families and lives and everything else, which it's doing. I wanted someone to come and say, look, you've lied. Mm -hmm. You lied. Mm-hmm. You, you recorded. Th- thankfully, we live in a time where there's like you know video recording, audio recording, and we could just play the clip. Mm-hmm. I could play it 50, 50 times a day. I could play the clip of you saying it's not a tax, and then when it gets passed, going it is a tax. But so what? Like, I mean, we live in a time where like you're on record, and have millions of people see you, and that's what Douglas Wilson said. He says this wasn't something done in a secret chamber. Right. Like a lot of stuff that goes that, that's sort of like malicious and like just corrupt legislation can happen at times underneath the public's noses. And it can happen at times in a quiet chamber, and no one knows it happened. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a quick signing of a bill, and it gets passed. No one even, oh, that happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow, that happened? That's a law now? That's a law. No one really knew about it. This happened, Wilson said, on the 50-yard line. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. It was in front of everybody. Everybody saw it. Now, I at least know what that means, okay? You're laughing because I see your eyes. Don't look at me with but your eyes. You looked at me I because you eyes. didn't know how to complete it. I see your eyes. I see the way you're looking at me. You didn't know how to. Complete I made that a football statement. reference that somebody you else made. Started to make and a football And you're like, reference. Jeff, shut your mouth. You know nothing about football. Look, I know what a 50 yard line is. You're like the 50 yard line at that thing. At the, the shama shama, the thing, the shama ding dong, the, uh, the you know. Look, the I know. Olympics? Was well, they're the at the 50 yard line and they make the basket Wimbledon. from the 50 yard line. Wimbledon, yeah, <laughs> Wimbledon. <laughs> you don't even know Wimbledon. Uh, wi- uh, wiffle ball. Uh, bat. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway, I I want to hear the discussion centered on this is injustice, it's lies, it's fraud. That's the big issue. Let's talk about that the most. Because as a Christian, that's my main approach. Mm-hmm. And so, so you guys, I don't know, talk, leap in here, guys. I know we have tons to talk about on this, but um, go ahead. Well, first of all, that comparing Obamacare to uh, auto insurance just doesn't even logically follow. Uh, you know, he said, well, no one thinks it's a tax when we make you get auto insurance. Yeah, well, there's a difference between you making me get auto insurance and I'm paying for it mm-hmm. and you making me pay for someone else's health insurance. Those aren't even the same thing. Right. And also uh, just the issue of auto insurance. Auto insurance is the risk versus reward. Yeah. Risk of an accident. And you're also protecting somebody else versus health care, which is guaranteed yeah. cost. Yeah. Okay, and and Douglas brought up the issue of like mortality tables and everything else, and actuaries look in there and they say, okay, here's your age, here's your basic health, let's see your background, maybe heart problems, what are your family history, let's see, kind of guess, and they sort of take a stab at a premium based on what they assume as risk. Mm-hmm. Now it's not insurance, and by the way, you guys might be curious to know this. <laughs> uh, I actually sold insurance when I was like 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the things you learn in the, in the insurance uh, handbook as you go to get your license is there must be risk involved. There has to be risk or it's not insurance. Mm. 
is not insurance if there isn't risk. It's not classified as insurance unless there is risk mm. um, versus reward issues. In other words, we don't quite know, but like what Douglas says, we're kind of betting and like you're not going to die. And so we'll, and you pay us and then we'll give you and then we'll put it in a pool and everyone does kind of the same thing. And that's how they do their, their tables. Mm-hmm. Okay. This isn't that. Right. It's no longer under the category ultimately of insurance because yeah. you are going to die. Yeah. You are going to get sick. It's going to happen. It's possible. It's possible. You could go your whole life without an accident. Yeah. A car accident. Mm-hmm. See? That's risk. Mm-hmm. That's why it's called insurance. Yeah. See? Um, but when you put everybody into this pool and everybody must pay into it without even asking them and you take money from them and you tell them it's a penalty if you don't, that's theft, A. Also, it's no longer risk because everyone's in the system and everyone's getting sick and everyone, you know, yeah. and you're paying and it's, it's, it's a whole convoluted system. There's no death panel in auto insurance either. There's no one saying, yeah, that person, uh, they might not survive that car accident, but this person, they, they have a greater chance of not surviving so you know what you over there has less chance to survive i'm sorry yeah also i get to select my insurance yeah and what i determine what i want to pay for and you know what i don't want to pay for i don't want to put money into a system that's murdering babies sorry i don't want to participate in that right and i don't like the fact that by coercion you've determined for me that know that you must and then i'm going to take it from you and not only from you but from your kids and from their kids and their kids kids Mm. that's what we're talking about here and someone says they're not doing that they're not making you. They would. The administration wouldn't make you pay for something that's against your religious belief system. What just happened with Hobby Lobby? Yep. Did you know this, Joy? Mm-hmm. Remember we did the first show on Hobby Lobby? Yep. And we were like, please, God, protect this company. Well, guess yeah. what? They won. They won in court until last week. They've, the administration has come back at them oh, I didn't and know is that. trying to fight them again. Mm. Hobby Lobby won. The court case that it's against their religious rights and freedoms mm-hmm. uh, to do this. So they won. So the administration lay off. Did they say, oh, right, because, yeah, the law, okay, you're right. It's not constitutional. It's a religious freedom. Oh, we'll let you alone. Nope. They're coming right back at them, and they're trying to essentially fight against that court's uh, uh, declaration and decree. That in, it's just an amazing yeah. situation. And so when someone says to me, like, oh, you're blowing this out of proportion, it's like, no, there are people being violated. I'm supposed to care. You know, here's the thing. I didn't used to think like this. I don't know if I ever told you guys. I didn't used to think in these categories as much um, until I read a lot of the Old Testament and the sense of injustice. You read Isaiah. You read Ezekiel. You mm-hmm. read Jeremiah. And you look at what God is constantly indicting Israel for and the people around it is injustice. Mm. Injustice is that you sit idly by and you do nothing while widows are, 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 are trampled on, orphans are trampled on, people are uh, committing crimes against one another, and you do nothing against the judges, you unjust judges. Like, you know, you, you uh, vindicate the wicked and, um, <clears throat> and uh, you condemn the righteous. Like, you know, the whole injustice in courts, God condemns them for that, and God actually judges the nations for those kinds of things. Mm. And so... Are we not supposed to care? Right. Go ahead. Anybody? I, I totally just, I had someone was going to say and it just disappeared or just vanished. What do you think, Joy? I mean, like, okay, give me perspective here. Okay, so this is what I'm thinking. Okay. So I grew up in church and a long time ago I learned that the reason why we tithe is because, well, I mean, first of all, ministry takes does take some money. It's not just all, you know. Amen. Just propelled forward by nothing. <laughs> but <laughs> um, right, yeah. someone's got to put a plumb. But in. also, 
I remember as a kid being told, well, it's all God's money anyway, and he's mm-hmm. been given to you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the government, the federal government, has really taken on this position of God. Okay. And there's kind of this, I, it almost seems like, well, we actually just gave you that money. It's really our money. Mm. We printed it. We gave it to you. We mm. pushed it into the system. You, I mean, you mm. earned it, but it's really ours. So if we take it, it's ours. Yeah, we own you. It's not really a big deal. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of just what I see. This is why from I always that. want you to get some some perspective here because that's exactly right. Is the overreach, and that's one thing Wilson points out. What kind of overreach is this to be able to do these sorts yeah. of things? It's it's something that I've earned, you've earned. It belongs to us, given by God, and the beast comes in and says, mine. Mm-hmm. ApologiaRadio.com Apology Radio will be right back. Our second president, John Adams, once said that our Constitution presupposes a moral and a religious people. It is wholly unfit, he said, for any other. Our Constitution presupposes a moral and a religious people. He said our Constitution is wholly unfit for any other. Why is this Constitution unfit for the governance of an immoral and irreligious people? There are many reasons, but one of the foremost is that an immoral and irreligious people, which we have in fact become, are unable and unwilling to defend the biblical concepts of liberty that undergird that document. We can't even articulate what it means. If someone shows up with the least understanding of it, that person frightens us. How can we defend what we cannot understand? And how can we understand liberty if we are still enslaved in sin? The great despotic rot that we are dealing with here did not begin in Washington, D.C., They represent us, and they represent us well. The central tyranny is always the tyranny of sin, and that tyranny cannot be ended unless and until the people of this nation cry out to God, seeking forgiveness for their sins and iniquities, and put away the idols that they've gathered to themselves. When the people stop blaming everybody else for everything else, and take personal responsibility for their own sins, and call upon Jesus to forgive them, then he will forgive them. Having forgiven them, he will then deliver them. In the meantime, the fight is on us, and we don't have the luxury of repenting and then going off to fight at a later and more convenient time. We have to repent while fighting and fight while we, repent, while we are repenting. We have to cry out to God in the midst of the battle and trust him on the fly. Do you, do you ever catch yourself just watching his beard? when he pre- <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes, uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to Apology Radio. Well, welcome back, guys. Uh, of course, I do. Douglas Wilson, delicious, wonderful beard. Always welcome here on Apology Radio. Um, but you know, uh, interesting. When I said at the beginning, I said he's like a leftover vestige from an old Puritan Christian influence in America. Like somebody's put him on ice in 1776, and now he's sort of been thawed and brought back to us. You know, it's funny that if you were to read Christians from 200. 300 years yeah. ago talking, they would have been like, that's the norm, right? Right. That you talk 
to the government that way, like limited government because God, because liberty and God and Jesus and 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 all, they, they all that. But he's this is people actually have been like, how dare he? Yeah. How right. dare he use the pulpit to like speak in this way? And right. how could you do such a thing? And we have gotten so far from a biblical framework, it just boggles my mind yeah. that we can even think this is sort of an odd thing that Douglas Wilson would have this sort of a conversation with the government of his state. And it's interesting, he said in the sermon, he said um, to the governor, he said, I'm not asking you to do anything illegal. I'm mm. not asking you to break the law. I'm asking you to uphold the law. Hmm. That what I thought was important is when Christians will say, "Well, you're supposed to submit to your governing authorities." Um, I'd say, "Well, let's go to that to look at the context of that." Of course, yeah. Uh, if the governing authority tells me to do something immoral, do I do it? Uh, no. So that's uh, I think a misapplication of that verse. But one of the things he says to the governor of a state is, "He says, I'm not asking you to do anything anything immoral. I'm not asking you to break the law. I'm asking you to obey the law." And I thought that was interesting because you think about Christian response like obey your governing authorities. Well, the governing authority officially in the state, the nation says A, B, C, D, E. Mm-hmm. And what he's asking them to do is obey the law. Mm-hmm. So who's being a law-abiding one here? I have a question mm-hmm. to ask. Who's being a law-abiding one? The Christian who actually speaks out prophetically to this and says what it actually is and says this is not law. This is lawlessness. Yeah. Um, who's being a law-abiding one? The Christian who actually speaks out against it and says lawlessness can't do it or the one that just submits to it and says oh well right like let's just let injustice be rampant lies and fraud be perpetrated upon everybody in broad daylight you know who's being lawful there i have a question right so i remember what i was going to say earlier uh just as encouragement because i know people i know i know there's christians that are afraid to speak out against us and just as some encouragement we were talking about hobby lobby Here's here's a company that's like, no, we're not doing this. This is not right. This goes against, you know, our moral conscience. And what has been the result ultimately for them business wise? They've grown. They've actually like built more stores. They've been able to hire thousands of more people. And 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 to me, I think that's them being blessed by God for saying, no, we're going to stand up for truth. And so I just wanted to use it as an example to encourage people like there's no reason to be afraid. Again, we bring this back to who is your Lord and Savior it's is it obama or is it is it christ and, and first of all give an honor <laughs> to god nice and our lord and savior barack obama exactly barack obama yeah i mean here's here's some christians that are being faithful and saying no whom shall i fear certainly not mr obama Mm-hmm. And so I think God's rewarding him for that. So I just want to use that as encouragement. Well, you to, bring up a great yeah. point, Pastor Luke, and that is that um, in the sense of like re- resistance and like he's crisis king. What was the charge brought against the early Christians? Let's just bring it up again. What was the charge in the book of Acts brought against the Christians? What was being said of our brothers and sisters in the first century? What was being said of them? Is that they say there is another king, yeah. Jesus. Now, what was wrong with that is, listen, Christians weren't obviously... Obviously, because of the charge being brought against them, they obviously weren't saying that Jesus is Lord over Neverland, <laughs> right? He's, he's Lord behind my ears or behind my eyes, between my ears. Like he's Lord in the little spiritual realm of my heart. In my pocket. In my pocket. You see, <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> the early Christians <laughs> clearly did something that we don't often here now is that we 
do not express to the world that Jesus' lordship is not over Neverland. All authority, Jesus says, in heaven and where? On earth mm-hmm. has been given to him. And I think we've forgotten that idea. And also I think we've forgotten the issue of the kingdom. When you look at the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, when you look at Acts, uh, what's being proclaimed by John Baptist, Jesus, and the apostles, what's being proclaimed? The gospel of the what? Kingdom. kingdom. And that's what we've missed. Where's the gospel of the kingdom being preached? It's the gospel of like individualized salvation. Mm. It's the gospel of like you and Jesus all the way, right? And it's like, yeah, there's an element of the gospel that is, of course, you reconcile to God and forgiven and salvation. Amen. Proclaim that good news everywhere. But what's the rest of the story? Is that it's the good news of the kingdom. And he's king. He's king over Caesar. Early Christians said that, mm-hmm. and they were killed for it. You see, Caesar didn't mind you worshiping Jesus. He did not mind. He didn't care you worshiped Jesus. Right. He cared if you said Jesus was king above him right. and that you wouldn't submit to Caesar's ultimate authority. Now, the early Christians had a tremendous impact in the world, and the gospel spread tremendously in that first century, and the early Christians were killed for those things. And um, we don't have any risk of that today, mostly in America. We don't have a risk of people killing us because we say Jesus is Lord. They're like, that's cool. Jesus is Lord. Like, what, over Neverland? Like, in your little spiritual realm and heart and in your church? You see, we don't have any danger. There's no danger for us in this because we won't say anything. Mm-hmm. Like a, a, a criminal act is perpetrated upon all of our neighbors, right? And we go, love your neighbor as you love yourself, but say nothing when they're robbed. Hmm. We say nothing. Yep. Why? Because we say, oh, because that's the government and this whole Jesus story is that's a whole separate issue. Yeah. Really? So what you're saying is that Jesus is Lord and has authority in heaven, but not on earth. Hmm. That's what you're missing is the story we have today in America is Jesus is Lord in heaven, but certainly not over right, earth. Right. That's Caesar's realm. Don't be messing with Caesar. Back it up. <laughs> Sorry. We got to do it. Like, let's have the serious moments and then let's just come out of the box. <laughs> Volunteerradio.com. Psalm 50, verse 16. God says, but God says to the wicked, what right do you have to recite my statutes and to take my covenant on your lips? You hate instruction and turn back on my words. Verse 18, listen closely. When you see a thief, you make friends with him and you associate with adulterers. You unleash your mouth for evil you and harness your tongue for deceit. Now, I wanted to make the point here Listen to what God has as a condemning, convicting challenge to his people. When you see a thief, you make friends with him and you associate with adulterers. God tells his people that they're idly standing by to a thief and making friends with him makes them like him. They're complicit that they actually associate with adulterers. So what, what is being said there? Have we forgotten our scriptures? Have we forgotten a mandate before God to not 
associate with adulterers in the way that we are complicit and we actually engage in the activity essentially with them because we're complicit? Did Jesus associate with thieves and, and liars and adulterers? Yes. And what did he do? He challenged them. He called them to repentance and their lives were transformed. But what we don't do is associate with criminals and thieves and make friends with thieves to actually be complicit. What does God say? Verse 22, understand this, you who forget God, or I will tear you apart, and there will be no one to rescue you. That's powerful. Mm. Psalm 50. Very powerful. Check it out. (laughs) We need to read the Psalms more. That's all I'm saying. It's not read enough. That's heavy. Mm. We forget. Mm -hmm. All right, Luke, how you doing? Hey, wait a second. Did you guys see... Like, seriously, Joy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The the clip? Mm -hmm. Yep. Did you see? Do you believe that he did that? That's insane. I'm not not even kidding. Like, whatever you guys are doing right now, like, wherever you are, I don't care where you're at. You may need to pull the car over. Please do it safely. Check left, right, rear view mirror. Whatever you do, pay attention right now. If you're cooking dinner right now, listening, stop. If you're a fan of our show, you're listening to their family, you're like, everyone's singing, singing songs, playing guitar, whatever. Stop the guitar playing. Stop the playing, the soccer, in the living room. Put it down. Whatever's happening, <laughs> stop. Listen. This is serious. Joy, am I kidding? Right? It is so important, people. All this right, is so the craziest thing we've ever talked about ever. on the show. Not, honestly, what has it been, like eight months now? More? Nine, yeah. ten months? Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. more? And and this is like the ultimate ever. Yeah. Are you ready? Luke, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, I don't even I know if everyone ready. understands. Everyone sit down. All right? Okay. All right, Luke, let's get the clip going. Okay, here we go. Officially, Rick rolled our listener. Our listener. <laughs> hey, whose idea was that? Was that your idea? I think it was, it was all kind of collective. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Rick rolled on hey, Apology Radio. Can you do, can you turn it down like to let it play like half? Okay. All right. So let's just let's just let it play. Okay. <laughs> you know what's amazing is I I think probably that's the first time in Christian radio history. <laughs> Probably that the host of a show I've ever rickrolled the entire audience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All, all five I mean, of I you. I think we may have broken a record just in general, like for amount of people rickrolled at one time ever. Yes, possibly. Hey, this is awesome. <laughs> Let's just let it go. We're just. This is for all of our listeners that like like newsboys and stuff that requested specifically right. newsboys. Right. They were like, let's play some better music. Yeah. Stop the, the plinky plinky dubstep, you know. Plinky <laughs> plinky. plinky. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. So let me, let me uh, read this. I, I have something that needs to be shared. So I've mentioned before that my wife got flannel graph set or a flannel graph set for my daughter. So last night I get home and she's like, I got to show you something. I was like, all right, cool. What? She's showing me there's like instructions of like how to do flannel graph. Okay, so I'm gonna read to them too. Okay. So it says number five, make the story important, not the figures. Emphasize the thought of the lesson as the figures are used. Do not draw unnecessary attention to the figures themselves. Note the examples below. Wrong. This is the wrong example. Now this is Noah. See his long beard and his very beautiful robe. And here are the people. See this child and this woman? What pretty dresses they have on. Correct. The correct should say, 
as figure of Noah is placed on the board. Noah did just as God told him to do every day. He preached to the people. And then it goes on to say, in the first example, the attention is drawn away from the important truths of the lessons to such important things as beards and clothing. Oh! <laughs> wrong. wrong. As your wrong. wife would say, wrong answer. Very wrong. Very wrong. Oh. I was like appalled. Rick Rolls! You were Rick Rolls! things that's us apologia radio get us at apologiaradio.com support the ministry go to the homepage at apologiaradio.com there's a donate tab there we would be blessed if you would join with us by praying for us and then supporting us financially this show is listener supported we are able to get the good news of Christ the Messiah Lord of heaven and earth the Lord of Lords the King of Kings we're able to get the good news of his perfect sinless life, his death for sinners and his burial and resurrection, and that all who come to him, turning from sin to trust in him for forgiveness and salvation, receive life. We're able to get that mass message out across the world through your giving. And we, we are blessed when you do it. So I want to encourage you guys to do that. Back on the radio today, we had Douglas Wilson on with us talking about his sermon to the governor and legislature of the state of Idaho. Back in the studio right now with Luke Pierce and the Bear and Joy Temby the Girl. Um, you want to jump in? You start the discussion or anything else? You want me to go for it? <clears throat> was that uh, was that song Pinball on the Roof? Pinball, <laughs> Pinball on the Roof. Pinball on was, the Roof. You no, know, it's funny. Is Lindsey Sterling, uh, violinist yeah, and pledged, like dubstep violin yeah. stuff. Lindsey Sterling, like we were playing her stuff on Redemption Radio probably two years ago. Yeah. No one knew about her. Like, but guess what? Last night I was at the grocery store. I forgot to mention this. Yeah. I'm at the grocery store, and as I get out of my car, it's like 11 o'clock at night. I walk up to the door, and there's a dude driving by me. Interesting, black dude. Okay, like in this low rider mm. playing Lindsey Sterling dubstep okay i was like well that's interesting you don't often see that but wow. it was just cool to see that so uh are you uh, thinking are you giving credit to yourself i'm just that? saying it's probably listening to apology radio yeah <laughs> <laughs> um no okay seriously though um yeah i mean i i had played that that one clip from douglas's sermon earlier as a comeback um for a reason really and um i think it was really good because he's you know we've talked about this before but really not only do um, the the Christians in this nation need to repent of our indifference, you know, but I think the nation as a whole needs to turn and and repent and, and, and you know, turn to God. And, and that's kind of what he was getting at. And um, so I thought it was really good. I mean, he's saying we need to fight while we're repenting and repent while we're fighting. And, um, <laughs> you know, there, we had uh, somebody that we had to kindly show the door on our Facebook page a couple weeks ago. In, in regards to Obamacare and you know, you know the situation. Right. And I mean, it's, I, I'm, it's upsetting to see people come on and say, you know, this isn't just about Facebook, but I, I know a lot of believers that are, have this same viewpoint to say, well, you know, they're willing to, to vote for, uh, Obama or not just Obama, but the whole idea of Christian socialism and that of, uh, you know, government healthcare and everything. And they're willing to put aside, you know, things like the abortion and the same sex marriage and all that. Um, this was a situation with that guy where he's, you know, he's saying, well, 
you know, basically his thing was, well, that stuff doesn't matter because we got to make sure everybody has insurance. And it's like, well, what world are you living in? Like, yeah. you know, you need to repent. I said, and I, I, I asked that guy. I said, yeah. I said, what's your position on abortion? Is, yeah. it, is it murder? He says, yes. Yeah. I said, so what do you call a person who advocates for and supports and ensures the murder of three thousand people a day? Yeah. What do you call that kind of person? He's yeah. like, well, a, a murderer. Yeah. And uh, he, he and so he was his whole argument was you know talking about whether or not you know our president is a Christian or not. I said, well, wait, wait a wait a second. Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and, and don't do what I say? Yeah. And Jesus says, many are going to come to him and say, we didn't do this and do that. Say, I never knew you. Yeah. Isn't it possible to profess you believe in Jesus but not actually be his? Right. And uh, what do you call a person who engages daily? Right. In a destruction of uh, marriage, the first institution created by God yeah. for the blessing and benefit of society, would it call a person that advocates for the murder, the murder of over three thousand people a day? Would it call a person like that? You know, yeah. and you support them. Why? So money can be stolen from people to pay for health care. Yeah. Right. So that's a Christian ideal. Yeah. Interesting. And I don't. And and this is a common response we hear too. Well, what about all the babies that were murdered under Bush? And my answer to that. <laughs> I'm not talking about Bush. First of all, you said, yeah, well, he needs to be accountable too yeah. for what happened. But we're not talking, we're not even talking about that. Yeah. This isn't even the issue. So don't even go there. Hey, guess what? The great th- benefit of being a Christian is I get to use the word of God exactly. as the standard and yeah. I get to actually confront anybody yeah. who names the name of Christ and uh, does not consistently with it. So what I want to say also to any president, R or D or I or P-H-A-T behind their name, whatever, <laughs> I want to say to anybody you have a responsibility as king, as president, to protect the unborn. I don't care what you are, Republican, yeah. Democrat, and I don't care who you are. You protect these babies. And you know what? I'm going to say your whole presidency, uh, uh, um, it would be an understatement to say it fell short because you left those babies to die. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And as a Christian, we need to all, I think, essentially hold that position. Um, we need to hold these men accountable. And you, you mentioned Christian socialism. Yes. Okay, I want to bring up this portion of uh, Wilson's in the Christian world. There are some who want to use the language of Jesus is Lord and not Caesar, but this is done by them in a spirit of theological trendiness that wants Jesus to sign off on various forms of soft socialism, strewing money in every direction like roses out of a hat. Free chocolate milk for everybody, Jesus said. But this is not that. This is the real deal. Just as John the Baptist told Herod that he could not have the wives of others, we are saying that our government cannot have the lives of others. Just as Elijah told Ahab that he had no right to Naboth's vineyard, whatever he called it, 1 Kings 21, 17 and following, so we must say that the federal government, we must say to the federal government that they have no right to ransack the livelihoods of our great-grandchildren. Scripture does not say, thou shalt not steal, unless it clears both chambers and the president signs it with a large number of pens. Some people believe that it is not theft if you have to fill out a form, but we are not among that number. Yeah, I mean, it's. I was just kind of thinking, uh, basically what Christian socialists are saying is that it's okay for the government to essentially act as Robin Hood so that everybody can have insurance. So it's okay. You know what? I'm going to ignore the fact that they're stealing my money. Because I want to make sure everybody can have insurance, so you know we're it's okay to overlook one bad thing to support another good thing. Okay, very good. Yeah. Okay. Now, can we talk about this for a second? Because people are going to say, "But what do we do about the people that are legitimately yes. hurting?" Right. Absolutely. Okay. Here's here's what you don't do: you don't commit fraud and theft 
on everybody to do something like that. Right. Okay, that's the first thing is that we don't say sin is okay and theft is okay and fraud is okay if it's to benefit somebody else. That's not how we live as Christians, right? Right. Exactly. If someone says, well, Jesus took care of the masses. He fed the 5,000, right? So isn't Jesus kind of a socialist giving away free stuff? Difference. Big difference. Jesus um, was not a part of the Caesar political realm mm-hmm. forcing Caesar to pay for all the poor. Saying, no, Caesar. What did Jesus not do? When the 5,000 were there, here's what I'm getting at. Jesus didn't sort of like send a word to Caesar. Caesar, your responsibility is to give bread and food and fish to all these people. Caesar, mm-hmm. Caesar, you must do this. Caesar, what did Jesus do? Jesus fed them. Yeah. And what is the responsibility of the church here? The responsibility of the church is to get out of our sinful, stinking, lazy, non-giving mindset. Mm. We do not give faithfully, and so our churches suffer and we can't help anybody. Right. So here's the here's the real answer. The church needs to repent and the church needs to start being concerned for the poor and for the widow and the orphan on a large scale. We need to start living like our lives are not anchored here but into eternity and we need to be the actual ones who are caring for the needy among us. And you know what? Interestingly, there actually are Christian organizations that do health care sharing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Ah, they exist, don't mm-hmm. they? Yes, and they are not part of this whole scheme, are they? No. Nope. It is healthcare sharing. Uh, they do this as Christians in these organizations that are not related to government stuff. They're not related to these health insurance organizations. And you know what? They do quite well. They're doing actually extremely yeah. well. And there are ways to take care of the needy among us without telling the government to do it. Now, here's why. It's the church's responsibility to care for those who are hurting among us. It's our responsibility. People say, well, we don't have enough resources. We don't have enough resources because of our sin. We can give, okay? What's the percentage in churches that actually give? It's something like, it's like less than 10% of the faithful givers or yeah. something like that. It's just insane, like how our churches give. We have to give more so we can provide more. It, Jesus doesn't go to Caesar and say, Caesar, um, we're out of cash. Feed the people. They need to eat bread and fish right over here, Caesar. Can you bring the bread yeah. and fish? Jesus feeds them miraculously. The point is, is like it's the spiritual duty of the church to take care of the needy among us, right? Not to tell the government to steal from others to take care of the needy and the poor and for the broken. It's not biblical. It well, doesn't work. And do we seriously have more faith in the government's ability to feed us than God's ability to feed us? And guess yeah, what? True. You give the beast that amount of rope, and now he owns everything. One thing that Wilson said in the sermon is, uh, you know, d- democracy is uh, uh, three, I think he says, like three coyotes and a sheep arguing over uh, what's for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, you know, in the it's, saying this is like a celebration in some sense, uh, whatever, uh, because the government's going to provide for us and they're going to take care of us now and all this stuff. We can take it from them. He says, you know, it's not uh, worthy of celebration when, like, the giant decides to eat half of the people he's caught and save the rest for the next day. It's not like a big day of victory, like, oh, we live, we survived. He did. He's not very hungry today. He's not very hungry today. You know, him not being hungry today is no reason to celebrate. When you give the government this sort of overreach and you say you are allowed to steal from the public, and to increase your taxing for a service and a good they did not ask you for, and to do it on a large scale, and to penalize people for it if they don't, and to do that generations deep, um, that's nothing to celebrate. Mm. And giving the giant and the beast that much power means, guess what? He's going to be hungry again, Mm -hmm. and you've already given him carte blanche to basically do it again. 
You've said basically there's no – and this is what Wilson points out. Now that they have put a precedent into this that now there is no end to this. Yeah. If the Supreme Court can act as supreme being now – and tell people that, no, we can call this a tax and we can take it now. Now yeah. you have to. We're going to do it now. Guess what? That's it. You've just destroyed everything. And one thing Wilson says, I'm going to just say this, not forgetting to say this. He says, if this doesn't spark outrage, there's no kindling. Yeah, that there's, was a good quote. There's nothing left. Yeah. If, if this can happen to be perpetrated upon people and the church says nothing, then there's no kindling left. Hmm. There's nothing. that The spark hit nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. As Christians, if we don't say something to this. Yeah, I mean, um, and I just want to give a kudos to those that are standing up and saying something. You know, I've, heard, I've been listening to, you know, conservative talk radio a lot the last week just on this issue. And there's a lot of, you know, people on the conservative side that are like, well, this is this is not this is just going to hurt the Republican Party. This is they're going to, you know, Obama's going to blame everything on the on the red states. And it's it's just bad. And and you and I talk about this is like, again, who cares? Yeah. We got people that are standing up for what's right. It doesn't matter if it's going to make the Republicans look bad. Who cares? Right. What matters is that people are standing up for truth. Yeah. And see, that that's where it gets bad, right? Yeah. Is when it becomes this petty uh, partisan thing. Yeah. Is when you say, well, the Republicans are going to look bad. Here's why I don't want to associate with that. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care about having the R at the end of my name or the ballot yeah. that I sign. I don't even care. I want to stand up for what's true. And yeah. the fact that Jesus is Lord, and I want to proclaim that truth, and I want to be able to see people free. Goodness gracious, that's the point. I want freedom for people. I yeah. want justice and righteousness to flourish. Christians are supposed to be salt and light to a culture to actually build a culture where justice thrives, yeah. righteousness thrives, and we're not doing that. And we can't just sit by when this is happening and say, well, I don't want to get involved. It's a political issue. I don't want to do this. Listen, it's beyond a political issue. It's beyond. It's a moral issue. Yeah. I would ask this question. Do you have a responsibility as a Christian to speak out against moral issues? Yeah. Answer, yes. And you know it. How about abortion? You talk about that. Why? Because it's injustice and it's mm-hmm. murder. How about homosexual marriage? You speak out against that? Yes. Why? Because it's immoral. Because it speaks to issues that God has talked about. It's destruction of what God has put in. How about theft? Is that worthy of yep. your time? How about injustice perpetrated upon us and our grandkids? Is that worthy of our time? Yes. The answer is yes. Amen. <laughs> well, hey, guys, I'm blessed to have done this episode. I've wanted to do it for a long time. I think I've even talked to you guys about it. Like, I want to do this episode. So, Joy Temby, I love you. See you later. We're so glad to have you on the show. Luke Pearson. Yo, yo. That's the bear. Peace out. Hey, you guys can grab us on iTunes. Subscribe to us for free. Download the episodes. Can you do us a favor? Share this episode like it's the flu. <laughs> Get it out right now. We're going to get it up as soon as possible. We need you to share it. We need you to get the word out. Let's be a prophetic voice into the culture on this issue. It is a gospel-centered issue because sin is always a gospel issue. ApologiaRadio.com. Apologia